Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We're looking forward to some good things that God's going to do for us. Uh, uh, as God moves us into the uh, areas that He's desiring us to go into and to uh, uh, fulfill His plan for our lives personally, the lives of our uh, the ministry, the things that God's asked us to do. And so we're going to look at some good things tonight. Uh, we're going to continue with this series that we've been on, uh, What the Spirit Says, on uh, Wednesday evenings. And then on Sunday mornings, uh, I've uh, actually began a new series uh, entitled Being Skilled in the Flow, and we're going to be dealing with some of that on Sunday morning. Uh, But I'm also excited about the new class that we have coming up uh, Sunday morning at 4.30, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon at 4.30. I thought some of y'all, ooh, that's early, but uh, Sunday afternoon at 4.30, and uh, Uh, where we're going to be dealing with discipleship and things that we have to be prepared to disciple people in, be discipled in them ourselves, because the babies are coming, and the harvest is on the way, and the youth movement is coming, and so we've got to be prepared. And remember that babies are not uh, natural, just natural physical babies, not a youth movement, only natural physical youth, although that will be a large part of it. Uh, babies spiritually, people that are young spiritually. And so we have to be prepared, and we shall be in the name of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10, this has been our foundation scripture uh, for the past few weeks in this teaching. And Paul said there are... uh, It may be so many kinds of voices in the world and he says none of them are without signification none of them are without significations notice that phrase he says there are different types of voices in the world and that none of them zero none of them are without signification or none of them are unmeaning Uh, the Fenton translation says none of them are meaningless or and none are meaningless so there are no statements there are no words that we hear that do not mean something or that are insignificant that's very important all right Uh, you know I don't know if you have ever been in a situation maybe you're alone or, or maybe you're even with someone maybe a coffee shop or a restaurant or something of that nature, and uh, uh, perhaps you're even having a conversation, uh, but someone at another table, someone behind you, someone beside you, they're holding a conversation, and in the middle of your conversation, uh, you're picking up what they're saying, all right? You can't get all of it, and you might even say that when you get in the car. 
you know, they were talking about this. I, I didn't catch it all, but I do know they said such and such. All right? Well, here's the danger. People will say, that didn't affect me. It did because it caused you to not be able to give your full attention to the conversation you were involved in. All right? If I've got other voices going in my mind and going into my ears <coughs> and battling for space in my spirit, then it means something. There, there, there's a phrase, undivided attention. Right? When to just be respectful, when you're talking to somebody, you want to be giving them your attention, your, your focus, your gaze, your attention, your hearing. You want your body language to be that I am listening to you, I'm paying attention to what you're saying. All right? If you're trying to talk to somebody and they're going, uh-huh, yeah, oh, oh, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Their attention is divided. Now, people will say, well, I can do two things at once. Well, you, you, you might be able to, but something is not getting your full attention. Now, the reason I say that is, so that means that there are no words or statements that work their way into my hearing that are unimportant or not meaningful, all right? And because of that, I need to be very selective about what I hear. I need to be very selective about what I hear. Jesus said seven times to seven different churches in Asia Minor in the book of Revelation, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, all right? So because of that emphasis, Jesus said we should be hearing what the Spirit says. Hence, that's what we're teaching on, what the Spirit says. I taught a series one time, and the, and the focus of it was, what does the Word say? Somebody says this, what does the Word say? Well, what does the Spirit say? What has the Spirit said to you? Pastor Michelle has been preaching an enlightening message series entitled, uh, 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 living in the realm of answers. If you haven't heard that, you need to go to the Roku channel, you need to go to the YouTube channel, watch those messages because it's so important that we understand that we as believers can live in the realm of answers. Amen. And something that she keeps going back to in that series is that Jesus told the disciples before he died he said, when I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee and I'll meet you there. Jesus told them that. Those words fell from the lips of the Master. Amen. And you know, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but they probably sat around and said, oh, hey, okay, yes, all right, yeah, we'll be ready. But yet, on the day that Jesus rose, none of them went to Galilee to wait on him. So they received reports, and on at least two occasions, Scripture records 
that they did not believe the report. Yet Jesus had said, I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to go before you into Galilee, and I'll meet you there. And yet when he rose from the dead, they did not believe it. Do you see the importance of what you're hearing? And thank goodness because of his graciousness, he kept getting them reports until finally they believed it. We live in the realm of answers. But if the Holy Spirit gives me the answer, speaks the answer to me, I've got to stay with what, here it is, the Spirit says. Because that's inside information. And when the Holy Spirit gives you inside information about something, your job is to pull that up and start renewing your mind with it. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, renew your mind with that information. Glory to God. Amen. So Jesus said we should be hearing what the Spirit said. Now, here's one reason that's so critical. Because what you hear will influence the way you think. It will influence the way you think things are. It will influence the way you're seeing things and the way you react to things. Amen. And remember that influence cannot make you do anything, but it can persuade you to do something. Who are you influenced by? Are you with me? Very often, uh, you'll hear like musicians, and one of the favorite questions that people like to ask musicians, who was the heaviest influence on your music? And, and they'll go back and say who influenced them and, and who they listened to and who they heard and that influenced them. Amen. Do, do you see that? When a minister preaches, you can see who their influence is. When you sit and you talk to a believer or a Christian, you can see who their influence is depending upon what they believe. You can tell who they've been listening to and who they've been hearing. Amen. Because it influences them. It influences the way they think. And here's the thing. The way you think will determine your perception. It will determine your perception. Hallelujah. This is so key because the way I perceive something is the way I will react to it. The way I perceive something is the way I will react to it. I've used this analogy before, but if somebody came through the door here and very calmly said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in the back room here, we have a small fire that has ignited. Uh, the fire department is on their way. There's nothing to be alarmed about. Uh, the ushers are at the doors. The doors are open. If you would just please rise orderly and make your way out the front and the back doors. Uh, the fire department will be here shortly. There's nothing to worry about. We're all safe. Uh, if you would just exit orderly. That would, that would influence the way we acted. 
all right? But it would determine my perception. There would even be people that might say, well, I'll go ahead and leave. They said there's nothing to worry about, but I'll go ahead and leave because they're asking us to. In other words, there would be no panic. There would be no uh, screaming and yelling. But if that same guy walked through the door and said, my God, everybody run for your lives. Run, 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 fire. We're all going to die. Right? Your perception would be different and your action would be different. Amen. Well, what does the Spirit say? That has to shape and influence the way I think. Amen. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter uh, 4 and verse 1, First Timothy 4 and 1. He says, Paul writing to Timothy says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, and notice this, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So notice this. The Roos Bible says, but the Spirit says expressly, that in the last strategic epochal periods of time, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to spirits that lead one into error and teachings of demons. The Amplified Bible says giving attention to. So here's what I want you to see. In order to give heed to something or to give my attention to something, I have to listen to it. Amen. He says... That the Spirit says this. That some will depart from the faith because they gave heed to seducing spirits. They listened or they gave their attention to the wrong thing. Amen. The enemy wants our attention. He wants your attention. He wants your focus. And so... That's why there's such a, a fight for what you hear. And that's why it's so important that you're putting up barriers around what you hear. What did the Spirit say? You know, I keep getting report after report after report after report of the manifestation of people's expectation. It's happening. I, I, I just got off the phone this morning with a young man that uh, God... God is blessing their business tremendously. I mean, to the point that they don't know what to do with all the business that's coming in. I mean, they know what to do with it, but you understand they're, 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 they're hustling to keep up. It's a manifestation of their expectation. To use that for an example, if that's what you're keeping in your ear, if that's what you're keeping in your spirit, if that's what you're keeping your eyes on, that's going to influence the way you see things and perceive things, and that will influence what happens in your life. In order for me to think a certain way, I have to be giving heed to words that are forming my thinking 
in that direction. Oh, glory. Amen. That, that's the danger in opinions. Uh, that's the danger of news programs. Theories, conspiracy theories, well, whatever it may be. I was talking to a young man one time many years ago, and uh, he had been watching a, a documentary, a conspiracy theory documentary about 9-11. And he had come to the conclusion that he almost believed that our own American government sent those planes into the World Trade Center to, 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 to uh, uh, ignite uh, a distrust in the Arab nations and, and uh, uh, the Muslims uh, so that we would uh, enter into war with them. Well, I personally believe that's crazy. But how did they come to that conclusion? They had been listening to it. If you listen to anything long enough on a natural level, it can begin to make sense to you. Are you with me? Yeah, but I, I would never believe that unless you gave your attention to it long enough. Amen. Unless you gave your attention to it long enough. This scripture says that these people would depart from the faith. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But notice, they were born again. They were in the faith. They had given their lives to Jesus. They believed that Jesus was the only way. And it says that by giving heed to these spirits, these voices, what was being said, they departed from the faith. Now what changed? What they were listening to. What they were hearing. So people will say, well, that's, that's harmless. That, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, 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 hearing somebody else's opinion about something. Or, you know, even getting in and, and, and looking. What, you know, you'll ask someone, why are you listening to that? Or, well, I just want to see what they have to say. Why? If you know what the Spirit has said. If you know what the Word has said. Amen. Now, in uh, the same chapter, verse 6, he said, notice, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, You'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up, notice, in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto you have attained. So notice that hearing faith words nourish. Years ago, over 20 years ago now, I heard Brother Copeland say that, that hearing faith words nourish you. What kind of words nourish? Faith words. Faith words. Wouldn't the reciprocal then be that fear words and doubt words and panic words and everything's bad words will deplete you, weaken you? Right? That's the importance of what you're hearing. 
Oh, but when I'm listening to words of faith, when I'm hearing what the Spirit says, when I'm focused on the inside information that God's given me, there's a nourishing up. There's a strengthening. There, there, there is an energizing that comes in. And in the middle of whatever you're dealing with, in the middle of things that have toppled other people, in the middle of things that have got other people down, you're full of joy and you got the victory and you've got the overcoming power of God flowing through your life because of the words of faith that you've been hearing. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So hearing faith words nourish me. Hallelujah. You know, I've had people over the years uh, make statements. I had a person tell me one time uh, because they were talking to me about an event that had happened in the world and they, and they were talking to me about it and they said, well, you didn't know about this? And I said, no, I didn't know about it. I, I said, I don't watch the news. And, and they made the statement to me. I'll never forget it. They said, well, you know, uh, you can't just act like nothing bad ever happens. Well, I'm not acting like nothing bad ever happens. I just choose to not focus on the bad that's happening. Faith words nourish. Hallelujah. And, and if I'm sitting around and I'm hearing uh, uh, oh, a bad report, amen, and, and I'm hearing things about uh, all the bad things that might be happening, I've got to neglect what the Spirit's saying. I'll tell you the real truth about it. There are things that the Holy Spirit has said to me more than what I've shared in the church, and I haven't said anything to anybody just just simply because it's inside information and I'm just sitting back and watching it happen. Amen. What the Spirit said, like the old folks used to say, is what you hang your hat on. Hallelujah. In uh, chapter 4, right there again, verse 7, he said, but refuse... Notice this, there's something I'm to refuse. Profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself rather unto godliness. One translation says, be quick to abstain from senseless traditions and legends, but instead be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. Notice, senseless traditions and legends. The reason to abstain from these things is they provide no spiritual nourishment. None. Notice, he said, King James says, refuse them. The Passion says, be quick to abstain from them. Don't get involved with them. Don't worry about them. Why? They provide no spiritual nourishment. He said, be engaged in the training of truth. We know the truth is the word that brings righteousness, that brings an understanding of righteousness, an understanding of who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. They provide no spiritual nourishment. I've never seen anybody in almost 23 years of full-time pastoring, 
I've never seen anybody that gave their attention to these foolish things that did better or stayed with it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Why? It depletes you spiritually. It depletes you. It derives you of spiritual energy. Amen. In uh, 2 Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2, and uh, verse 16, notice Paul says to Timothy, the pastor, again, he says, but shun profane and vain babblings for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Verse 25, he says, in meekness instructing those who oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Notice verse 23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. Amen. So verse 16, he says, Shun profane and vain babblings, they'll increase unto more ungodliness. Verse 23 says, Foolish and unlearned questions, you should avoid them, knowing that they do gender strifes. That word babbling, when he used the word babbling here, profane, shun, profane, and vain babblings, it means vain discussion of useless and empty matters. Notice what he told the man of God. Shun that. The word shun means to avoid. Avoid it. Don't even get involved with it. Amen. See, that's what the Spirit's saying. If there's something that is empty and useless, stay away from it. Amen. And then he tells us why in verse 17. 2 Timothy 2, 17 and 18. He says, And their word will eat as a canker or gangrene, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrew the faith of some. Notice, listening to this, overthrew the faith of some of these people. That word overthrow in the Greek, it means to turn upside down the faith of some. Hallelujah. See, that's the danger of listening to that. That's the danger of hearing things that are of absolutely no spiritual benefit to you whatsoever. Amen. People have seen people over... I've had people talk to me about ministers and whatnot over the years that have gotten into some wrong teaching and... And, and, and gotten into error and, error, and they'll say, how did they do that? They listen to it. 
They listened to it until it made sense. Amen. So he said that listening to these words turned the faith of some people upside down. Hallelujah. There are people you know and I know, there are things they're believing God for in their families, in their bodies, in their lives, in their ministries. They cannot afford to be listening to useless, senseless stuff that will eventually overthrow, turn upside down their faith. Can't do it. Amen. So what I listen to can affect my faith. Now remember what Paul said, faith words nourish. Well, right here he tells us about words that turn faith upside down. So what I listen to can affect my faith to the point that it's turned upside down. Hallelujah. Let me say it this way. What you believe before a crisis, let, let, Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit. The word that you believed before a crisis has to be the word that you believe and stand on through the crisis. The crisis cannot change what you believe. Does that make sense? And what I see sometimes is when people face a crisis, the crisis changes the way they act, the way they talk, the way they believe. Amen. Why? Because they've been listening to something other than faith words. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see this? What did the Spirit say? Noah built an ark with absolutely no indicator other than what God said to him that it was going to rain, that the fountains of the deep were going to open up. Right? But yet he took, ever how long it took him to build that ark, he did it on what God said. Now, I don't know what people said to Noah. Uh, 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 scripture is not real plain. I know the Bible says that he was a preacher of righteousness, so I know he was preaching righteousness. I don't know what people said about him. You know, we'll hear sermons. People said, no, you're crazy, and you're this, and you're that. I don't know if they did or not. They may have, but here's what I know. If they did, it didn't change what he heard. Therefore, he didn't stop doing what he was doing. Amen. Are you following me? And so, a crisis of whatever level, of whatever magnitude, wherever it comes to you, the crisis of life comes to everybody. But what did the Spirit say to you? That's why I'm talking to you about these sermons that the Lord has us ministering on. Uh, uh, living in the realm of answers. What was the answer? Very often, 
before the crisis ever arrives, the Holy Spirit has already given you an answer. It may not have been something that you heard in your spirit. It may have been a scripture that you read that morning. Or it may have been just a scripture that you know. If, when, a, when a medical crisis may arise in, in a person's life, they've already got the answer. By his stripes, I'm healed. Right? Now, if they'll stand on that, that answer can change the crisis. But if they listen to the crisis more than the answer, then the crisis gets stronger and the crisis overcomes. It's not an issue of not wanting to hear anything negative, just to not hear it. It's that those words do not nourish me up in the words of faith. Hallelujah. Do you see that? So it's, so, so, so it's very important that I understand that. The word that you had before the crisis is the word that will get you through the crisis. That's the answer. And so if I've got the answer, when the problem shows up, I know what to do because I've got the answer. I've got inside information. This is what God said. I can't tell you how many times somebody might tell my wife and I uh, something and when they leave or sometimes in their presence, I say, yeah, but the Spirit said this to us. Why? That's, that's got to be the focus. Amen. You know, the word that God gave us as a body, the year of expectation, manifestation, transformation, not everybody and, and the large percentage of people that attend our churches. It's, 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 it's true, they're holding on to it and seeing it. But, but, you know, there are people that may not have looked at that for a while because, well, you know, this is going on or that's going on or this is going on. That doesn't change what the Spirit said this was going to be. He said in this year of 2020, those that stood for and on the Word would see a manifestation of the Word in their lives like never before. I have. I have seen that. I have experienced that. This year, we are what? We're the, into the sixth month of the year, and six months into the year of 2020, I have seen more from God where His goodness is concerned, listen to me, than any other year I can remember. And it's not even over with. We're halfway into it. Hallelujah. I was telling somebody the other day, I'm just going to use this as an illustration. Pastor Michelle and I moved into our house. And you know, you move into a new house, you need furniture, you need appliances, right? So we needed a refrigerator, we had a specific kind we wanted. We needed washer and dryer, there's different things we needed. We moved into that house. Now listen to me. And I want to explain it this way. We paid cash money for everything we bought, but none of it came out of the money we had in our accounts. It all came to us from outside sources. 
meaning extra just came in. We, we could have paid for it out of the account. Extra just came in. And we paid for it piece by piece. How rare is it to move into a home and after you get moved in and have everything taken care of, you've got more money than at the beginning. Now, I'm not just talking about finances or talking about us financially. I'm saying we expected to have more than enough. We have expected to have our best year financially ever, and we're having it. We're having it, and we're going to keep having it because we're, listen, expecting it. That's what I keep going back and rehearsing and, and going over and talking to myself. This is the year of expectation. This is the year of manifestation. This is the year of transformation. Amen. So what I listen to can affect my faith to the point that it's turned upside down. Now, Scripture tells me how to avoid this. In uh, 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. And verse 13. Paul says to Timothy, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given you by the prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you shall both save yourself and those that hear you. So the first thing Paul says is give attendance to reading. He's talking about the Word. Give attendance to reading the Word. The Passion Translation says, be diligent to devour the Word of God. So notice, the first thing he says is pay attention to the Word. What does the Word say? Devour the Word. Amen. This is so important because this is a key to not having my faith turned upside down. It's integral to that. If I don't want my faith turned upside down, I've got to give attendance to the Word, to what the Word says. In 2 Timothy 2 and 15, he says, Study to show yourself approved, Unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So again, study the word. What does the word say? What's the spirit saying? That's what I want to stay with. What does the word say? And, and Paul, in writing to Timothy, he tells him there's things that you shun, that you avoid, that you stay away from, that you close your ears to. And he says, but here's what you do want to do. Study the Word. Give your attention to the Word. Devour the Word. 
Hallelujah. Then in verse 25, he says, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves or set themselves in opposition, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now notice that. The result of studying and devouring the word is I'm able to instruct others. I'm able to help other people. You can't help other people out of something if you're influenced by the same things they're influenced by. Have you ever been around somebody that had a, a, a it's getting worse image? Or mindset? Or a it's not getting better mindset? And every time you talk to them on the phone, oh, it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. Everything's going to hell in the handbasket. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's, right? And you're like, well, you know, this is, this is what I believe or this is what I heard. Well, yeah, but. Right? I'm trying to help them, but they're influenced. I can help them if they'll give heed. Notice what he said. He said that these people could recover themselves out of the snare of the devil if they would listen. What does the devil use to ensnare and grab? Words, thoughts, feelings, perceptions. But he said that when we preach the word, we declare the word, we say what the Spirit's saying, that what happens is those people can turn and recover themselves, get themselves out of the snare the devil set for them. Amen. Glory be to God. I've had people tell me before, well, you just live in a bubble. I sure do. A faith and word bubble. Amen. That, that's important. It's, it's important that you, that you shield your family. It's important that you keep your family out of all of what fear is saying, defeat is saying, and you keep them encapsulated in words of faith that are going to nourish them up. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, then they can acknowledge the truth and be granted repentance. Now, repentance very often is used only in the, the context of sin, and it's important that I repent from my sin and turn from it. But here's something else. There, to repent, its base definition is to change your mind, to go the other direction. So if there are things that a person's been hearing that's caused them to move down a certain way, they can hear the truth and repent, change their mind, go the other direction, and that stuff will quit having an effect on them. What is the Spirit saying? Learn that. As I'm about to wrap this up, learn that in everything you hear. What's the Spirit saying? Looking inwardly. 
Well, they said it's going to be this. What did the Spirit say? Yeah, but 100,000 people can't be wrong. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. My family, there are millions of people tonight that are believing and saying the wrong thing. And there's millions of them saying it. They're not right. Amen. What does the Spirit say? He's always right. Always. What, what is being said in your spirit? Well, you know, I just figure they're the experts. They're not the experts in this sense. They're limited in what they know. I have a divine genius inside of me who has no limit of knowledge, who has no limit of wisdom, who has no limit of understanding, that has no limit of what he can tell me and direct me to do, and it will always be right. Amen. But we live in a day and age where people deal with trends and graphs and possibilities and models, right? Are you following me? That's why you'll get up one day and look at your phone or your iPad or if you still watch the weather on TV. And it'll say, uh, you know, 80% chance of rain today. 80% chance. Well, how'd they come to that conclusion? Because they have meteor meteorological models that they can build through the computer about the high pressure and the low pressure and the wind speed and the direction. And they'll build a model, and based on that model, they'll say there's 80% chance of rain. How many times have you seen that 80% chance produce nothing? Right? Well, more than they would like to admit. Amen. Why? Because at best, with their best science, their best meteorological scientific advances, they're still human and they're still dependent upon natural things to help them make their decisions. Now, if they're wrong on the weather, it's not a sin. I'm just saying, this is, this is how a lot of people live their life. They live their life like they're forecasting the weather. They can never really be sure because there's so many variables. Oh, my family, but we can be sure. We can be sure because I can hear what the Spirit's saying. And it doesn't matter if... 20,000 people over here are aligned against what you know the Spirit's saying, yet you know that's what the Spirit said. You stay with Him. You stay with what He said. Because that's what's going to come out right. 
Amen. Do you see that? We don't have to live our lives by chance or live our lives guessing. I can know. But here's, the key, here's, here's where I'm going to end. But I've got to hear what the Spirit says. Hear what the Spirit says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. Amen. Well, stand up, everybody. I believe God. I believe God's going to do some great things. Hallelujah. If you need prayer tonight uh, for anything, uh, our prayer ministers, our altar workers will be available, and they'll uh, certainly pray with you and believe God with you uh, that good things will happen in uh, your life. Amen. I'm so excited over the, the healing testimonies I've had. Uh, the reconciliation in family, uh, financial miracles. Folks, these things are what the Spirit said was going to happen. And they're what are happening in the lives of God's people. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, of course, we'll be together Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening for another great faith-building time. I encourage you to be there. Uh, all of you watching online, God bless you. Thank you for being with us tonight we're so grateful <coughs> excuse me that you would be with us uh, uh, all of you that we hadn't seen in a while we we're looking forward to seeing you looking forward to being a part of your lives and you being a part of us god is so good to us in the name of jesus amen well come on say it with me tonight the vision of our church will always be to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of god and you and I will always be world changers. God bless you.